0: Go ahead. I love long walks on the beach. I also
1: love working at the blood.
2: So, is this how the show would open? Were you in charge? I decided. And not that you're not in charge, but I mean, were you to open it, that's how you would do it.
3: I mean, I guess I. I don't know. I. I mean, I was trying to. I was actually trying to emulate you and how you opened the show. Okay. Hi. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Ta-da! I'm here. I'm You're fabulous. Awful. Everything about you is awful.
2: <laughs> <are we> gonna... <laughs> you have totally thrown me for the loop. I don't even know where to Speaking... go. I don't even know where to start.
3: I, do... I have a transition. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, Speaking minute. of wait, awful, Donald Trump. wait, wait, wait. I don't think look, I actually don't think Donald Trump is awful. I think he's so hilarious and entertaining (laughs) that I can't even handle it. There you go. Do you at least find Donald Trump entertaining? I do. (laughs) I mean, he is owning Basically at this point the Republican Party has lost complete control of the of the electoral (laughs) cycle. it's,
2: It's it's sad. It's um did you watch the debate last night, Thursday night? I
3: watched. I watched chunks of it, but actually, we're watching it tonight. We're DVR, <laughs> yeah, DVRing it. Like and sounds like
2: riveting television watching in the Hallowell home.
3: Well, my wife you will be fast forwarding so you- through her least favorite candidate, I assume. <laughs> there is a candidate, and I won't say who, that my my wife cannot stand. This candidate
2: cannot even stomach the sight. Doesn't even open. His or her mouth and she is already outraged. <laughs> well it's it's funny because, you know, watching it live is one thing, right? Because I mean and I had to because it's you know it was a work thing, but I probably would have watched it anyway. But the fact that you guys recorded it <laughs>
3: I usually watch guys, it live, but I had to teach a class. What are, what
2: are you guys doing this Friday night? Oh, we're watching a recording of an old GOP debate. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> look,
3: listen, I mean, we sometimes we'll record the last half an hour because we're we're elderly parents and want to go to bed at eleven, before eleven. But um, yeah, last night like, I had to teach, and so I didn't get home until it was almost over. Yeah, it so like, I sounds like a kil- sounds like a killer time there, Billy. Teaching's a lot of fun. Let me tell you. Uh
2: huh. So, tell what is it you're teaching again?
3: Oral communication speech.
2: I just can't imagine being one of your <laughs> students. <laughs> I don't think they can <laughs> either. Oh, um, All right. All right. So we're kind of off track here. So what kind we're gonna, of the, the so, show is off track. So the we, entire we had, show had a list of weeks. stories to talk about here. But you know, so the debate last night or Thursday night. What what you saw, what did you think of what you saw?
3: I think Marco Rubio was the winner hands down. And I I think that's what we sort of saw coming out of that was that he was the, I think he was the strongest he had from what I saw, some of the best Um, one-liners. And and also I think is appeared to be the most competent, not that all of the other ones are not. I thought he was the most competent last night though.
2: Right. I think in a vacuum, I, I would suppose that Rubio may have, may have had the best night last night. You know, like him or not, Jeb Bush had a decent night last night, actually, and and Chris Christie had a decent night. I think I thought that Ted Cruz had a good night. Um, I'll tell you what. There's there's two different ways to look at that. One was you look into the debate and listen to the substance of what was said, and who won on substance and delivery. Probably Rubio, though I would say Cruz was in the top three for me. Of course me. you would, but I mean that's you know.
3: Of course you would,
2: but. <laughs> I will say that I, I would if you had, if you said you have to pick a winner of that debate, I'd say probably I'd, I'd probably go with Rubio. Who's your least favorite candidate? <laughs> Am I treading on dangerous ground here? Who's your least?
3: Who's the person that makes your skin crawl the
2: most? Trump. Oh, that's harsh. Trump. Trump. Okay, outside of Trump. <laughs> uh, you know, until this, it took this uh, election cycle for it to happen, but Kasich. Cause I liked Kasich when he was like, when he was in Congress and he was doing a lot of good stuff and he wasn't the, the kind of guy, you know, that I would always like, but he's got some, I was a big fan of Jack Kemp. I didn't agree with Jack Kemp on everything. There were some things that he did. I'm like, ah, that's not where I want to go. But I respected the guy. I was the same way with, uh, Kasich for a long, long time. And then in these uh, debates, he's kind of made me go, uh, you know, I think he's probably a good governor in Ohio would be my guess. Uh, I, I liked when he was in Congress, he was, you know, He was one of the good guys, but in this cycle, he is really kind of disappointed. No, it's just kind of, I I guess I've grown tired of him. I guess that would be the one. Yeah, well, he's just, he's forgettable. That's the really annoying thing. You know, I think Rand Paul was
3: the biggest disappointment for me in terms of I thought he, he doesn't come, he comes across as not. Somebody who appears to be very likable. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's yeah. not, but he comes across as very harsh, I think. Yep. And I don't think that resonates with people. Well, a,
2: um, and, you know. there And there's a. I felt the exact same way. And then there was a picture online today. It may have been on The Blaze as a picture of the seven <coughs> candidates. Yeah, it was on The Blaze. The seven candidates, uh, either just before or just after the debate. It must have been just before. And they're standing out on stage, greeting the crowd, talking to the crowd, right? They're all either waving or they got their hands out or whatever. And. Rand Paul is standing there with his hands in front of his, himself. I mean, just with his arms kind of not crossed, but you know how you grab your hands, you just stand there with your hands together. He's just standing there with his hands together and looked, you know, looked dour and sour. Of course, a, a picture doesn't always accurate of what's going on, but that was his presence compared to the other six. And I thought that was weird. Weird.
3: Uh, that is strange. I also kind of miss Carly Fiorina in those debates. I don't know why, but I, I do. Well, she you, brought something to it.
2: Well, you know what she brought to it? Class. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you think of her. Paul, I mean, it matters. That said, with her, her politics aside, she always brings like this grace and this class to anything that she does. She just you and can't help. And she's competent. I'm she sorry, is. she speaks she's... so smoothly and right. And she's competent. Yeah. I, I
3: feel like she's very competent, regardless yeah. Yeah, yeah, of where yeah. people stand. She can put her ideas together and market them in a way. And she, I didn't like her Hillary Clinton one-liner about spending time with her husband. I, I thought that was a little <laughs> bit. Is it funny? Yeah, it's a little below the bell. And and I think the problem I have with all these idiots is that they're running for president, and and I, I say idiots lightheartedly. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and you know they they're all going on about how they're Christians and they love Jesus so much, and then yeah, you, know, you get these like one-liners that I think sometimes are just kind of. It's politics, but it's just there. It's like you didn't yeah. need to go there. Yeah. It's, it's the, look.
2: There's plenty of legitimate things to be upset about. But that that said, Carly's one of those people. Like I think, I think every room benefits by having Carly Fiorina in it. Does I agree. That, does that make sense? I because agree. there is something to be said for somebody who's classy, and that is a presidential thing to be classy. I, know, like I, I, say, I, 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 I like her. I do. I I like a, her. I like her as a person. I like her as a candidate. Not necessarily my candidate. But as a candidate, even if she were a liberal, I would say the same thing about her if she were on the on the Democrat <laughs> stage because she's a, she's a classy lady, you know?
3: You've already uh, made up your mind on who you want, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Chris Christie all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I find him entertaining, too. I do. I, you know what? There's something entertaining and the enjoyable about him as well. And I, you know, I thought he didn't have a bad night last night. But, okay, so I was going to say, there are two ways to look at the debate. Uh, uh, one is who won, and, you know, again, I probably give it to Rubio, but the other is when you watch that debate, can you tell who the front runner is of the people on stage? And I thought it was very obvious that that Ted Cruz was the front runner because there was a lot of angling at him. Right. And it wasn't just the fact that he's in the middle of the stage, but like there was a lot of the, they were shooting their arrows at him, largely the moderators, we're large. we combative in a lot of ways and not just with Ted Cruz, but a lot with Ted Cruz, but they were combative in other ways as well, which is a strange, I don't know that it's the moderator's job to be combative. It is, it is their job to, okay, you, that was your answer, but how does that compare to this rather than getting into an argument with the candidates?
3: Yeah. Well, I think they might be a, they might have been a little bit more on the defensive after the
2: whole Donald Trump thing, too. Right?
3: Well, and, but, they, they can't let anybody else get away with it if they didn't let him get away yeah. with it or if the
2: you know the perception but of Chris it. But so. Wall- Chris Wallace is always prickly in these kinds of things. You know? He's like a human cactus. Well, he is, and I think part of it is, uh, li- listen, I could be totally screwed, but he has one his dad, Mike Wallace, was an incredible newsman. So there's an inferiority complex there, I think. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like <laughs> He wants to get by on not not his father's legacy, but his own. And I get that. I mean, to me, as a viewer, that comes across. Whether it's accurate or not, don't know. But that's what I feel as a viewer. And the other is, he's a newsman who works at Fox, so the presumption is that he's a conservative. And so then he has to play this being mean to conservatives thing, and I think sometimes it kind of gets blown out of proportion. Yeah, I I that's fair. all right. Can we talk about the pastors, please? Because I this is yes. just I, yes, yes. No, wait, wait, okay. wait, 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 wait. You wanted to say part of the reason we were going to talk about the debate is you had something about Trump and Trump yeah, and I pastors. Think he's hilarious. No, and I, the pastors. There was a a poll or something. Yeah, that's what
3: I'm talking about. I want to talk about the poll.
2: Well, I thought you just said you said you want to talk about Bernie Sanders.
3: I said pastors. Oh, oh I thought you said you Sanders. know what's happening here? Wait a minute. Wait, you hit forty. I know. Not that long ago, and the hearing is starting I to get fine. Turn up that's
2: the headphones fine. here. Here we go. All right, turn up right. the headphones. What's Sunny? Um, What'd you say, Billy? Pastors oh, and Bernie Sanders. I guess it's sort of similar. Um, <laughs> Sanders, Sanders, pastors. I think you said. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to go back in the audio tape Here's the thing about
3: Donald Trump, I will say. He is defying the odds yes. in so many ways. And and actually, this will be we, – we can laugh about it now. Even if he's he's not the candidate, which there's a good chance he might be. Uh. But even if he's not the candidate, he has actually made history in many ways. And I don't think anybody else will be able to do what he has mm-hmm. done. He has taken a situation in which evangelicals who are generally pretty obsessed with a candidate being evangelical or at least Christian in some fashion are willing to look past the fact that they don't believe he's really a Christian (laughs) to still want to vote for him. That is – I mean let me just – okay. The Pew Research Center put out a poll – last week, Mm -hmm. or or, I'm sorry, yeah, this week, and in that poll, they asked which candidate do you believe is the most religious, which candidate do you believe is the least religious basically. right. Only 30% of the public believes that Donald Trump is somewhat or very religious. 40% of the public thinks that Bernie Sanders, who I'm pretty sure might be an atheist, is religious (laughs) or somewhat religious. So... What's fascinating to me, and, and that's alleged atheists because we don't know, but what what is fascinating to me is that people don't care. They're willing to look right. past it with Trump. And, and
2: But at the same time say, the reason I vote is because we have <laughs> to do these Christian things. I mean, it's they'll claim that their Christianity is the basis for what they're doing, yet ign- ignore it when it comes to Trump. Well, here's it's what faci- I think is really going on.
3: I actually think... People in this country are so tired of the political correct. We can't call it a terrorist attack; it's workplace violence. We can't yeah. do this. We can't say that. We have to be. They're so tired of the zipped-up, bizarre nature of political correctness that yeah. somebody has come in willing to basically say anything they want, and it's so attractive to them because they're so tired of the garbage of the last eight years in terms of the political correct right. nature of it yeah. that they just love him. No, I agree. It could I, be a Martian, and they would just love him.
2: I agree, but but at the same time, okay. For example. In Iowa, it's huge—a huge thing for Republicans to get the evangelical vote. That's a huge thing. They push for that. That's why the Vanderplatz, is that Van, Vander Plaats, the the guy who endorsed, um, Cruz early. That was a big thing. The fact that there are other evangelicals coming out at this time, you know, Sarah Palin and uh, Falwell Jr. coming out for Trump. That that was a big thing for evangelical voters in Iowa. That that was an important part of it. And then and then they say that they don't think that Trump's a Christian. And and what inter- here's an interesting thing, evangelicals are pushing. We want this. We want an evangelical guy, a Protestant guy, and yet the person that they selected four years ago was Rick Santorum, a hardcore Catholic. Wasn't that interesting?
3: Well, I do think that there are some people like Marco Rubio and Rick Santorum that speak like evangelicals but are Catholic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. You know that I think I actually think people are willing to look past it because they they view it as, oh well, you know what? He's talking like an evangelical. so yeah. whatever. yeah, true. in the case of Trump, he doesn't talk no. like an evangelical. No, not at all. Uh, two Corinthians. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like we can go through the whole list of the bizarre things and the mistakes he's made. but but what is interesting is that while a lot of white Protestants and a lot of um, you know, conservatives are going for Trump, a lot of Christians, there was another poll that Lifeway did. Okay. Um, and this came out yesterday, the other day. And and in this um, poll, it was only pastors. They surveyed a thousand pastors. And of those who are Republican Protestant pastors, only 5% would vote for Donald Trump if the election were held today. <laughs> so there's actually, a, and, and they actually called it bizarre. That was the it word that, that Lifeway used, that you have the pew and the pulpit with two totally different perspectives yeah. on what is right in terms of a candidate.
2: Yeah. Well, interestingly, the Protestant pastors it says forty percent of them are undecided or something. Right, but then
3: Ted Cruz, yeah, twenty nine percent want Ted Cruz, forty percent, thirty nine percent are undecided. Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird poll. That's well, weird. you know what? I mean, look, I I think I don't think it's unreasonable to be undecided. What's interesting is that the I mean, I guess what's sort of fascinating is that those who identify as Democrat. Thirty-eight percent Hillary Clinton, thirty-one percent Bernie Sanders. That's kind of—I mean—they're not that far apart there either among among no, the
2: passers. No, twenty-three percent. I'm
3: sorry, I'm, you're correct. It's twenty-three percent. It's thirty-one percent undecided. Yeah. So you know, but even even then, I mean, twenty-three mm. percent for Bernie Sanders. He's got some pretty radical ideas. Do you, think,
2: um, do you think that some of this the undecided, the high undecided numbers is actually undecided, or is it pastors who are who have grown so used to we can't give any political opinions kind of thing? Might be both. I think, I think that it's
3: difficult to know. There's a lot of noise going on right now, and it's yeah. difficult to really know who the right candidate is. If that's your worldview that you want to operate through in terms of who right. you're going to select, right? You know, also, um, you know, it, th- some of these people might be scared. They might think the candidate's going to be Trump, and they have to decide between Hillary and Trump. And oh. maybe th- look, there might be some conservatives that vote for Hillary if it's Hillary versus Trump. I. I I will I would I think ne- I go ahead. All right, let me not say what I'm gonna say because it's gonna be in trouble. No,
2: say
3: it. You're gonna back me up when I'm in trouble for sharing an opinion. Yes. Um Yes, I'll back you up. I would never cast a vote for Hillary Clinton. I would not vote. I would never if she was the only candidate on the ballot, I would just not vote. Oh, I, I so agree. I mean I'm, that I'm, is I'm there are a million way. reasons why that is. I I think, you know, I, I hate what, when people are one issue voters, but I do think there are some issues that are if you can't get on a stage and tell me that you think it's wrong to dismember a baby at six months in the womb, then I probably can't vote for you. <laughs> right. So um, that is a one, yeah. I am one yeah. issue on that. I'm sorry. Right. I think right. it's insane right. that we have people who are that disconnected with reality and humanity that they can't right. say that. But, right. well, there, I just lost my job.
2: Well, I mean, um, but that's but that's the funny thing is that people say, you can't be a one-issue voter. You can't have a litmus test. And I would say, okay, so what if the person who comes in says, I want to uh, get rid of the Constitution and surrender all of our belongings to the Soviet Union? Well, that would be a pretty significant one issue to be important, you know, to be a voting right. on, right? You can be a one-issue voter. It's, you know, it, you vote for somebody. Here's the deal. You can vote for somebody or against somebody or whatever for any reason you want. You don't have to tell me what it is.
3: I, look, and I, I don't agree. have, a,
2: I don't, you know, and my opinion
3: <coughs> I don't shouldn't like, necessarily when I impact I don't like, yours. When I say I don't like one issue voters, I don't like when there's no consideration of anything else. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't dis, we, I don't disagree with Hillary Clinton on everything. I think that issue is big for me though, and I and I think that. In a world where reality has become more and more bizarre, it's become, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's hard for me to kind of, in in light of everything we've seen happen in the last year with Planned Parenthood videos and all that, it, to sort of look at somebody who can't even say, because look, she can hold her opinion and say, you know, I think this is really complicated in terms, and I don't think, but I think that we should have limits, I think that's not right. You don't, maybe I'm wrong, I, I don't hear that from her though. Yeah. Yeah, I only I,
2: hear I love Planned Parenthood so no, much. No, well, she's she doesn't believe in any restrictions on abortion at all of any kind. You can have, okay. you can deliver the baby all but the last two inches of it and still kill it. Oh boy! As far as the well, as far as those uh, you know the radical abortion people go. Well, there you go. I mean, you you've heard that debate. I'm sure the whole reruns. I was there for it on the Senate floor when when Rick Santorum had his fight with Barbara Boxer about you know partial birth abortion. And it was very, very telling, but whatever. Did you ever hear that debate? You should, I did. You should dig it up. It's fantastic. I
3: did. Now I actually want to go back. I, I
2: read quite a bit about it and watched some clips, but now I want to go back in. And... yeah, it was really good. He, it was, it was a throwdown of massive, epic, as we would say on the place, of epic proportions. <laughs> um. Now, I, now I'm having buyer's
3: remorse and sharing the person I would never vote for. Um. um but let's move on. Let's okay. move on to my favorite. Would you,
2: okay, here. This will make you feel better. Okay. Because you can expand your list. Would you ever vote for me for president? No. Okay, there you go. Now there's two people on your list. Now it's not so singular. Okay.
3: Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I think people need to really think about the Supreme Court when they vote, regardless of where they stand. I, I think that that is really the end game for me. That is the most important, one of the most important elements of who. Um, is going into the White House is that there's a very good chance there are a number of appointments that will come up that that yeah, person will have. And
2: that should be that should be an issue that that people pay attention to. You know you know, Hillary said that she would appoint, you know, consider at least what was that? What is going on? What is that noise? I was making an awkward transition of my own. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say that's an important Hillary has talked about, you know <laughs> nominating Barack <laughs> Obama to the Supreme Court. That's, yes, that's and that tough. was that was Right. Yes. Well and and they could be nominating up to like four people to the Supreme Court, and and Trump has said that he would have, his sister would be somebody that he would consider for the Supreme Court, and she's the one, if I remember correctly, who overturned the partial birth so partial. She's a judge who overturned in New York the partial birth abortion ban. I mean, that's the kind of people we're looking at right now. <sighs> God help us. Um, <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> I mean, oh, what a great field of
2: candidates! Yes, um, all of whom you would consider voting for. All of them. I I think that they are all lovely and could all do a good job. I shall well, not uh, put any inflection in my voice so as to betray a bias of any kind.
3: All right. Here's the deal. We need to talk about the sheriff. Give me my awkward transition okay, music. All, I got
2: to get back to it. I went to another page here. Just a second. second. Talk amongst yourselves. I don't want to. Is, Andrew, um, is Andrea home? Would she be willing to come on?
3: She's not home, and I don't, I don't know. She'd probably say something awful oh, about yeah, the candidate she doesn't like, so we people. cannot. She actually cannot contain it; it's really
2: bad. I would like, to and come then she'll watch she'll this. laugh in the middle of saying the things she's saying because
3: they're so ridiculous. I would love
2: to watch an, an uh, 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 a debate with you and your wife, mostly you with would. just your wife. I'd like for you to serve us pizza while she and I watch the debate. How about that? You would get a kick out of it, I think, even sure. if you liked I like the person, I like you would your, get a huge kick out. I of like
3: it. your wife a lot. She's really funny. I said to her last night, you know, <laughs> she because she'll just be like, ugh, like every time, like, ugh, that face, oh like,
2: and she's so disgusted
3: by and it. She, like, like, he hasn't she, even said anything yet.
2: She, does she really, you know, put the, the New York accent on thick too when she says it?
3: No, she really doesn't have much of a New York accent, which is funny because her mom does. Her mom's is crazy, crazy thick. She doesn't really <laughs> have one though. Like a few words here or there, but yeah. not, not much. Uh, thank God. Um, Thank God.
2: <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, sorry. Here we go. Yeah, you ready? There you go.
3: Okay. <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories of the week. I don't care if nobody read it. If somebody read it, I don't even care. It's so amazing. It's the sheriff. <laughs> In Illinois, who <laughs> the Freedom From Religion Foundation, have gone? they've gone after him uh, because he put two nativities, an inflatable nativity and some other wooden nativity scene, out in front of the courthouse yard. Apparently, there were other things, too, like a, a blow-up penguin, a bunch <laughs> of other non-Christian right, Christmas from so Walmart, right the big lawn decoration right right exactly. <laughs> so he put them out because the public had been saying they wanted Christmas stuff back out there. so <clears throat> now the Freedom from Religion Foundation does what they do. they write a letter they say this is unconstitutional. you can't have this there. And so he writes a letter back to them. and there are a number of things that I think are really <laughs> hilarious in this letter, but Let me just read part of it. He says, Your letter was full of half truths. And I think we both know the court of law does not make decisions in half truths. And then he wrote, (laughs) It's so subtle. He's like, You did not even take a picture of the inflatable penguin, which I'm sure you are also offended by. (laughs) But wait, this is my favorite. This is my favorite part. In your letter, you stated that you had 700 members in Illinois. I'd like to know how many reside in Jefferson County where this where this happened. Sure. I am I am not sure I would be bragging about 700 members in a state that has almost 13 million residents. We have almost ten times as many people on our Facebook page.
2: (laughs) And then he he goes on
3: and I think this is the best line. I'm sure you sent this letter to the county board because you thought you could bully them into complying with your demands. The thing is in Jefferson County we don't really like bullies, and we are not very good at, at bowing down to organizations. I actually only bow down to one man, but you don't believe in him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, I just love the guy.
2: Yeah, we're going to celebrate Jesus, so screw you! <laughs> ba- basically, basically, those
3: nativities are not are not no, going to be no, coming not. down next year. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's funny. That's, guys, that's, that's, that's funny. You should be able to do that and have fun and laugh about it. I mean... Uh, Let's see if they get sued. I, but, know, um, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know the intent of his heart. But I think, I think it, from what you it's read, lighthearted. It is it's, lighthearted. It, it's not really a screw you message. I mean, it is, but it's it, in a sweet and kind way. <laughs> I
3: love the part about you. You bragged about having seven hundred members. I don't think I'd be doing that in a state with thirteen million people.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's like my favorite part we of the whole thing.
2: Ten times as many people on our Facebook page. <laughs>
3: I want to have him on the show. That's I really funny, do because yeah, I think he's funny. great.
2: I mean, it's not. I mean, it's 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 in good spirits in, and good humor, but at the same time, it's making us stand. But I
3: can't. Um, oh man! All right. I actually think let's let's talk about one more story. Then we have to do our new angels and is it angels and demons is that the name think, of our I, segment? Yeah.
2: Let's let's see if we can get an angels and demons segment. But we also have an interview we should play. What if we what if we do the interview? Okay. What if we, okay whatever story you want to talk about, then we will do our interview uh, with Drew. And then let's do our uh, our new angels and demons segment, assuming that it's gonna work out. The the people who are in this segment do not know about it yet.
0: <laughs> we should
2: probably do um, that sooner rather than later, I guess, since we've got a meeting here. I, I told minutes.
3: Carly a little bit about it. But anyway, we'll we'll get into that. Okay. I just I wanna very quickly we could talk about this story because I think it's hilarious and it's Bernie Sanders' view on God. Um <laughs> my assumption has been that he's a humanist slash atheist yeah, because he you know, grew up yeah. Jewish doesn't celebrate, doesn't participate in organized religion. He did an interview with the Washington <laughs> Post last just, week.
2: Maybe he's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, um, and
3: remember back in October, Jimmy Kimmel asked him flat out, do you believe in God? And he totally skipped yeah, it answering answer the it. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he told the Post, I am not actively involved with organized religion, but then he went on to explain that he doesn't believe in God in a traditional sense. Um, he wants to be treated with dignity and respect and, you know, he has morals and wants to love everyone and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now the, the, the part that I think is just hilarious and now I have to find it because I've just, I've just lost it. Of course, as of course. I, as I'm sitting here laughing about it. Um, okay. He said that everyone believes in God in their own ways. And then he said it means so god's barely it it means that all of us are connected all of life is connected that we are all tied together dun dun
2: dun <laughs> what the heck what is this saying mean? Is, i don't get what that means
3: it, are we we're all, what is it i don't get it like is god all of us being connected
2: i don't know i don't know it's a billion cloud but that's like a, that's a humanist that's a pretty humanist view though, yes, isn't it totally you know? You know, it's not, an atheistic view. I well, it's, I it's, hate it's the, not an out, it's not an outright atheist view, but it is atheistic, right?
3: Here's the deal. All of these different groups, it's like when you ask somebody their gender and there are forty different options now. <laughs> right. Like if right. you don't believe in God, you don't believe in God. I don't right. know why yeah. we have to have a new designation for you that you get right. to be a non theist, a humanist, that right. so you don't believe in
2: God. Right. You could
3: be an atheist, it's okay. Embrace yeah, it. You're a heathen, it's okay. Or <laughs> you could be or you could be an agnostic. And an agnostic is a thing. I get that. Yeah. I yep. get that. That's a different <clears throat> anyway, I'm not saying Bernie Sanders is an atheist, but it's a curious statement.
2: All right, can we can we take a break real quick? Cause I gotta go to the potty.
3: You forever need to go to the potty. Uh, sure, let's okay. let's do it. We'll be right
2: back. The church boys. The
1: church boys. Man, I hate these guys.
2: So we're um we're back, but I don't know where uh, where Billy is. So uh because he's decided to wander off and not be a part of the show right now i'll just go ahead and introduce the uh the interview we've got today we've got a guy named uh uh, drew hood he's from the american bible society we had a good chance to talk to him and they came out a came out with a study recently about the most bible-minded cities in america and it's really actually quite telling and quite interesting it's a it's a great examination of what people are into do they support the bible do they they think the bible's all right and then if they do, do they think that it? did they read it? Do they spend any time in it? And so, uh, Drew's got some fascinating takes on that and some other stuff that the Bible Society is uh, is up to. So we had a good conversation with him. We had fun. We hope you enjoy it. So uh, here we go. Roll it, as Billy, uh, as Billy might say. Were he here and not being uh, uh, the lazy slob that he is. It's Billy Hollowell
3: here with the Church Boys. I have Chris Field on the line, and we also have. Drew Hood, the Director of Communications for the American Bible Society. How you doing today, Drew? I'm
0: doing well. Thank you.
3: So you guys, and I love this, you do this every year. You put out a list of the most and the least you know, Bible-minded cities um, in the country, and it's a really cool project that you guys have been doing. How, how long, how many years have you guys been putting this out there?
0: We've been doing this for the, about the past three years. Um, okay looking at at the at the most and least bible minded cities yeah
3: um and i just think i guess okay the first thing that comes to mind and i've covered this before so i know but just for listeners uh what how do you guys determine what it means to be bible minded
0: <laughs> well really what we're doing is we're looking at two um we we ask questions that 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 are trying to determine two things attitudes and actions so um we ask people what what are their attitudes about the Bible do they have a positive do they believe that the Bible's principles are true um and do they have a positive attitude about it in general but then also we're asking okay you you say you dig the Bible um do you read it outside of church and that's the second the second part of it so do you like the Bible and do you read it outside of a church setting
3: and so and so those are sort of the two indicators what what I think is really sort of telling, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's only like 25 percent of the country overall is considered Bible-minded. Is that is that accurate?
0: Yes, um, I haven't. I don't have an exact number on that, but you know, we do other studies that kind of get at how engaged people are with scriptures, and you know, I would say it's roughly 17 percent of the people. Um, in the U.S. that are considered what we would consider actively engaged, which means they read it a few times a week outside of church, and they have a high attitude of the Bible.
3: And it's crazy, because when you look at general polling, when you look at P- the Pew Report, you know, everybody was going on and on about how religion is dying and all this, which I think is way, you know, over oh, yeah. overstated, but you have 70% yeah. of the people saying they're Christians in, in that study, right? And then you have—that's <laughs> right. crazy.
0: Yeah, and you also have one of the things that surprises me and gives me great hope for our mission here at American Bible Society is that 70% of people say that they wish they read the Bible more. Um, so from I totally agree with you that we have a there's a strong foundation to build on here.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, I wish I were thinner.
0: <clears throat> oh, me too. <laughs> me too. Right. But, it's but actually getting there that's difficult. Right, and <laughs> I, you know we we um, you yeah. know and I I think there's a parallel there for sure. Yeah,
2: if I'm not doing anything about it, do I really want it? You know, I, I, right. I I, 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 um. How do I say it? Let me, let me word this. Start. Let me start over and word this a different way. I yeah. teach. He, does, I, he doesn't want to offend people. Here you go. <laughs> well, I want to ask it the right way because I don't want to assume or presume or anything. Uh, I teach a Tuesday night class, uh, Bible study and a Sunday school class and a youth. Uh, program on you know wednesdays and so i'm steeped in a bunch of this stuff and and work with people who claim to be christian and say they're yeah. bible minded right and what i found is that they don't want to be in the bible they want to want to be in the bible right i mean because if you really wanted to be in the bible more you would be but right. they just kind of want to want to i don't
3: know i i have <laughs> a i debate i so. don't <laughs> look, look in modern in modern day society. Yes, the bio, it should be your priority, and I do, and I do think you're right about some people. But I do think there's a lot of people out there who are in situations where they find it. Now, look we we have the Bible app and all that on on cell phones, and so it is a little yeah. easier now. But but where where other things for certain reasons um eat up a lot of time and they yeah, like don't television get
2: too... like television that sort of thing going out to the gym that's here's but I'm, here's what I'm saying. If I, if I really wanted to be thinner, I would be thinner. The fact is, I want to want to be thinner. I mean, I like the idea of being thinner. Because if I really wanted to be thinner, well, I would be.
0: And, and it's the number of things that you want, right? You yeah. want to be thinner. You want to read the Bible more. You want to watch that show. You want to work those extra hours. You want to spend time with your family. So it might be true that you want to read the Bible, but when you really lay out on the table everything that you want... That one often ends up getting pushed off the table,
2: right? And yeah, that, and it, it makes you question whether or not you really, you really desire it. <laughs> You oh it, please, Chris! You know I, I mean? think
3: people do desire. I just they have our time oh. getting there. But whatever, we we'll, we can fight about this on the on this show. <laughs> okay. After this, <laughs> we interview. won't make Drew be um, a part of our
2: little petty discussion. Yeah, thank
3: you, thank you, Drew, for giving us something else to argue about. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think it's really interesting. Obviously, geographically, when you look at where the where the cities fall, Chattanooga, um, yeah. Shatt- Tennessee, is your number one city. Let me just ask you this: how how different is that city in terms of the metrics from like like Birmingham and the other cities that come in the, under?
0: Right. So 52% of Chattanoogans um, are, you know, qualified for Bible-mindedness, whereas 51% of Birminghamians um, (laughs) qualified. And so, you know, I'm looking before me right now at a list that goes from number one Chattanooga at 52% all the way down to Albany, New York, which is at 10%, Hmm. and there's a steady digression all along the way.
3: That's so funny because I live in New York, and that's obviously our, <laughs> our capital, and it does not surprise me that, that the number well, of and I s- sadly is ten percent
2: and I'm over here on the uh, west right. coast I'm in washington state it's the most it's the most or second most godless state in the Union. <laughs> we in Oregon go back and forth, I think on that
0: right, so you know what's funny is um, last year this this is the, this might be the second year we've run it this way or maybe the first, but we used to say the most and least Bible-minded cities, and we would highlight the most, and we would highlight the least. Now, you can see them on the list, but we no longer highlight the least, because I would get all kinds of calls from people who are pastors who are working hard, saying, uh-huh. I get my, I'm get, i doing everything I can to get my people in the Bible, and the headlines that often end up in the media were, um, you know, the most godless cities in America. Yeah. And that's, I don't even theologically buy that. You yeah. know, God yeah. is in those cities. God is working in those cities, and there's often vibrant Christian communities in those cities who are digging deeply into their Bibles, yeah. um, but often there are fewer Christians there, um, or whatever the case might be, the, the stats are telling us something, but they don't tell us everything.
2: So Let me, let me ask you this. So this, I guess, kind of relates to the question I had earlier that Billy tried to, you know, chided me for even bothering to deign to ask. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I noticed like your top 10 or top 15, maybe even your top 25, I don't have the full list in front of me, I just have what Billy sent me here. They're, all, they're in yeah. the south, right? They're, they're, in the, you know, they're south of the Mason-Dixon line. And it's, that is a traditionally Christian or Christian-friendly part of the country. Right. what do you have any like in that in those parts of the country uh, i and i don't know that there's any way of measuring this it seems that there's also a lot of pressure to answer the right way when that question is asked because i mm-hmm. can say the same thing yeah. to the young adult group that i lead that in, you know that uh, that i think maybe 10 percent of them are reading the bible daily but you know 60 percent of them will say that they read it daily do you know what i mean yeah. Is does, is there any way of factoring in, you know, actual results? Are the for the questions that you ask? Does it kind of go, okay, we can actually rule this person out as being somebody who reads daily because they would know this if they did, or is there any right?
0: Of that? We do a more exhaustive study called State of the Bible, and it might be good for us to dig into that and another time. the The next round of uh, results from that are coming out around Easter time. Okay. This one is a very simple two question. Study, you know, and so all the information we get is: um, do you dig it? Do you read it? And that's about the extent of it for us. And you're right; it, you know, we've discovered this new thing that we're calling the Bible Belt. As you look at the map, you know, you really do see that that's part of um, our. It's all in in the South, right along what has traditionally been known as the Bible Belt. But to your point, um, I grew up in not far from Shreveport, Louisiana, which is perennially in the top five. And church was part of the air we breathe. The Bible is part of the air we breathe. It was it was both, um, for some, I would say it was a living and active faith. And for some, it was a tradition, a thing that you do in that culture. And um, I think that that's still very positive because you have the, I had the opportunity to for that to transform for me from something that was um, a tradition into something that is a living and active faith rooted in Scripture, but I think for some you're right, it can just be that this is how we answer this question here, and it feels culturally inappropriate to not be doing this kind of thing. Whereas other parts in the country, it's like, it's, it's culturally acceptable to not be a Christian and to not um, be reading your Bible. Yeah. So
2: how do you... so? Um, uh, you said you, the two questions are do you dig it and do you read it and the second yeah. question is there is there any qualifying part to that question i mean is it is a more is it more is it a more in depth question than do you read it or is it like do you read it i and maybe you've added to this already but do yeah. you read it once a week slightly or?
0: more qualified right have you read it in the last and by the way i oversimplified we don't actually say do you dig it <laughs> but would um, <laughs> be okay with that <laughs> it's have have you read it at least once in the past week outside of a church service? Okay. So I love it's it. not yeah, it's not have you heard it or have you seen <laughs> it on a sign, but have you t- have you volitionally picked the thing up and read it um, you know, on a week day or on non-sunday? And
2: do they have to answer in the affirmative for both in order to be considered bible-minded? That's
0: right. Yes, that's right.
2: Okay. Mhm.
3: Well, listen, I I love this, and in fact, um, the state of the Bible. will definitely have you back to talk about that. We we cover that every year as well, and I think it gives. Yeah. yeah look, we're we're at a, a very interesting time um, in, when it comes to faith in, in America, and I think there's a lot of weird trends going on. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to seeing what you guys uh, end up coming up with and releasing. And and Barna also does that for you, that re, that report for you guys, right?
0: Right, right. We partner closely with them. I mean, and th- this kind of information really helps us guide our domestic ministry strategy as well as we try to um, help root people more deeply in Scripture. So yeah, this kind of data is helpful. We work closely with Barna on all of it. So how do you? What's, so
2: what is your strategy? I mean, what are you? What are you doing to get into churches and you, you got some sort of strategy, some program that gets into churches to get people into the Bible more? What does that look like? What are you guys doing?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So we, right now, um, we're working closely with cities. We we just started actually a new city strategy. And so we're working with partners in New York in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia um, and, and Phoenix right now with other cities coming online soon. And basically, our strategy there is to kind of look across the country and see what where are the hotspots where God is at work, some kind of a a movement uh, that's happening in these cities that we can pro- come in and provide scripture engagement resources for. So we might build an app, or we might provide um, materials that address that that community's unique sets of needs and barriers to the scripture. So that's kind of an on-the-ground effort, as as you um, you know, as it were. But we also have kind of an air effort that we're uh, getting underway as well, which is really going to be more of uh, partnering with churches around the nation to um, uh, to change people 's perceptions of the Bible in our in, in the culture because you see a lot of media that is portraying the Bible in very negative ways um, and pulling out particular verses to compare God to a terrorist or you know this kind of thing and uh, there's a certain narrative that's being crafted about the Bible and about Christianity, and it's all kind of very tied together. So what we're doing is partnering with people as well to start to counteract that narrative and and um, you know improve people's perceptions of the Bible.
3: Yeah, the the atheists are a lot of the activists are really diving into the Old Testament to find quite a number yeah. of things that they can use in that regard. And I think, you know, it becomes effective for them when they have social media power like we all do, just like it's effective for you to put messages yeah. out there. And, and so I think that's a that's a great area of focus in trying to address yeah. the Bible. Um, well, listen, we want to definitely have you back. Is there anything else you you want to plug or anything like that for the for the Bible Society before we before we head out here?
0: No, I appreciate your time. We, um, we have a new, um, you've heard of .org and um, .edu and, of course, .com, so we now have .bible up and online, and oh, wow. so if you go to American.bible, um, you'll see what, you know our first kind of landing page there. We still have AmericanBible.org, but um, the other thing I would say is check out American.bible and start looking for some new top-level domains in the .bible world.
3: I love it. Cool. That's
0: great. Awesome. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, listen, we appreciate you coming on and we hope to talk with you soon.
2: Thanks, Drew.
0: Great. Thanks so much. Appreciate right. y'all. Talk to you later. All right, bye. A church boy. Back to the God 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 church boys.
2: All right. So you're <laughs> at the end of the show. We thought we'd have a we'd have fun with a maybe a lighthearted story or a lighthearted little discussion. There's a uh, story that came out this week on Barbies. Now, Carly Hoyleman, who we've had on the show before. Oh, we're we're actually calling her by okay. accident. <laughs> That's okay. You can call her. It's all right. All right. And uh, we're having uh, we we have a story about the bar- new Barbie dolls that Carly wrote, and she's very excited to write this story. She couldn't. She's going on and on about how much she loved this.
1: Hey, reach Carly. Leave a message, and I'll try to get back to you. Thanks.
2: Well, then. did you? Are we going to leave a message? Did you hang up? Yeah, I hung up. I'm not oh. leaving a message. Oh, I was going to leave a nasty message. Anyway, so she wrote this story about Barbie dolls, and Mattel has put out these new Barbies. They come with three new body types and seven skin tones. And um, so she's super excited about how lovely this is. So we thought we could, if we can, we'll try to get a hold of her and let's uh let's
3: start with sarah revett the Rivette. ever bitter Sarah. but, but it'd be
2: fun shouldn't we have both of them on they can duke it yeah. out because we're yeah gonna... well let's let's get sarah on the line then everybody we'll knows carly carly sarah everybody knows sarah and if you listen to the show was it two episodes ago we interviewed carly she's new to our team and uh
1: hello
2: there she is <laughs> there's and there's sarah
1: <laughs> yay sarah's back <laughs> do i get my own entrance music because i'm oh. on so often or no
3: you um, are going dun, dun, to because dun, we have a new
2: segment called you, Angels and Demons. Here goes. Here dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> so anyway, so we're gonna we're trying. Even
1: as a passing fan of Star Wars, I know that reference <laughs> and that's
2: sad. So, so we're working on getting a hold of Carly right now because Carly's a sweetheart and she's super nice. And then we're gonna have her up with you, and we're gonna call the segment Angel, Angels and Demons if we can get her to pick up.
1: I will refuse to prank her if that is your plan. It's
2: not, a, it's not a prank. We're actually going to call her and see if she'll be on to discuss a certain story with you. And It's going to be our Angels and Demons okay. segment. We'll We're see if this works.
1: Right
3: she might be busy with the bursar trying to figure out her records. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, I might have to change the notes that I wrote up because I don't know which stance I'm going to take the Angel or the Demon now.
3: Well, you're usually going to be the demon. I can call it. <laughs> You'll promise. just be the demon.
1: Hello. <laughs>
2: is this Carly?
1: <laughs> Neither of them were excited this to hear from me.
2: us. Neither of us. <laughs> both, yeah, both of them answered the phone. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: it's easy to I'm, it. just, I'm I'm nervous now.
2: Okay, you don't need to be nervous now. We're I very don't know ki- what we expect. have Billy and I are very kind and we're very gentle, so don't be scared. And yes, I, I, I'm glad you guys are following we are not
1: trustworthy. Back. No, uh, not, not, not trustworthy, trustworthy at all. At all. No. Hi, Carly, it's Sarah, by the way, in case they didn't tell Hi you that they Sarah. were calling me as well.
2: Okay, so you're both being recorded right now. It's so be on the on the program. <laughs>
1: so
2: okay. here's, here's here's the deal. We had Carly on a couple weeks ago, and the world got introduced to her, for better or for worse. Carly. <laughs> and Carly. And everybody who has worked with her, and she was an intern here at The Blaze, and everyone who has worked with her thinks she's just a lovely, lovely person. Um, and then we also have Sarah Rivette, and so we thought we would do... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Silence. So, no comment there. So
2: what we thought we could do is maybe create a segment. We wouldn't have to do this every week, but every once in a while, a segment called um, Angels and Demons for the church place. <laughs> and um, Carly, you, you, would, Carly you would be one side and, and Revette would be the other. And we would have you maybe discuss a story and without any... Oh, so maybe the two of you, we would ask your thoughts on this particular story and maybe uh, we don't know if you'll agree or disagree, but we would think that even if you guys had the same belief on something, one of you might give a very interesting take on the story and another also an interesting take on on us. Okay. So anyway, okay. So Carly, you wrote a story this week um, that you and I joked about, which was about the new Barbie dolls. Oh right? yeah. Okay, now Sarah, did you read the <laughs> Sarah? Did you read this story? <laughs>
1: I did read the story. Okay. Accident.
2: Okay, so <laughs> Carly, why don't you give us a quick twenty-second recap of the story? Because I kind of recapped a little sure. bit, but now that you're on, go ahead.
1: Sure. Okay. So. The new Barbie collection features three different Barbie body types. Right. So there's tall, petite, and curvy, and then seven different skin tones and something like 20-something new hairstyles. And basically the idea or the stated uh, goal of the project is... To have Barbies that actually represent real women, all different body types, gotcha. and um, of course, the other side of that is, which Chris mentioned, is to sell more dolls. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> so
2: okay. So they've created three new. They've got the different skin tones, which you know it's fine, and they've got the three new, um, uh, three new body types. They've got uh, short, fat, and unreal. Right. <laughs> Oh my that God. Hey,
1: I'm tall. What does that mean, Unreal?
2: <laughs> so anyway, that's
1: so, my Barbie. So my that's my, my comment. Okay,
2: so my comment to to Carly when she <laughs> was pitching this story and telling me she's gonna write this was, uh, that was my response, right? Because like to me, <laughs> Barbie is supposed to be that's- hot, and that's all. Okay. You're,
1: you got your response to everything, first is, of all. So I feel like your response mean?
2: is unjustified. Okay, this isn't supposed to be a pick on me segment. This is supposed to be you two fighting. <laughs> okay, so, Revette, what was your response when you saw this story? What was your thought on it?
1: Honestly, it was kind of like a shrug. Like, okay, am I supposed to want to buy Barbie more now? Because <laughs> It didn't really... Did you want to buy Barbie?
2: You so you're not really a Barbie person? <laughs>
1: Well, I have a 15-month-old daughter, so I guess I'm going to have to enter that phase at some point, but um, I didn't play with Barbies as a kid, I unless you count taking a curling iron and burning their hair to terrify my sister as playing. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, Carly's
1: just offended. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess I am shaping up to be the demon, because like, I'm really demon
2: Yeah, I couldn't
3: have <laughs> guessed that beforehand.
1: So I played with G.I. Joes and not like the Barbie-sized G.I. Joes. I played with like, the little plastic ones that yeah, had yeah. the little rubber bands that held their arms and the, their right. legs in yep. so I that if those. you got your fingers stuck in there, it hurt <laughs> like a mother and you still played with them anyway. I loved those things. I didn't play with Barbie. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> Carly, what was your thought on this
1: story? Are you a Barbie Thoughts person? What?
2: <laughs> Are you a Barbie person?
1: Oh, yes. Were
2: you a Barbie? You collected I mean, Barbie dolls?
1: Not any. Lo- I, d- I don't collect them. But, I mean, you, you and, had them um, as a child? I, Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. had all of the Barbies. Yeah. And I had two older brothers who would sometimes take them. Or they would... I had a closet um, on the other side of my brother's room. So he and his friend sometimes would listen to me or me and my friends playing with our Barbies and make fun of us. But um, awful. We were like six.
2: Yeah. So... But... What...
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely
2: a fan of it. Did we lose Carly? Hello? I think we lost
3: Carly. I, uh,
1: oh, S- Sarah's there.
2: Out? We lost Carly.
3: Carly was just like, I'm done. She
1: hung up on you guys. She, <laughs> um, she probably
2: it. did. Call her back, Belly. <laughs> so what? Am I supposed to waddle by Bobby's now? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so, <laughs> so where's... So Revette is still on, right? Sorry, you're there, right?
3: Oh wait, we're getting a phone yes, call. I okay,
2: can. here we go. Carly, are you there?
1: Sorry, yeah, that was my demon brother calling me in the middle of a podcast.
3: Oh boy. Well, <laughs> um, maybe yeah, he should. Okay, come we're on we're shift.
1: we're actually friends now. Okay, so, I was just thinking about all the horrible things that he and my other brother would do to <laughs> my Barbie. So what is what was <laughs> your much like what Sarah described? <laughs> so what? <laughs> I was what, that sister? What was
2: your what was your take on this story? What did you think of this? You know, the you know coming up with the fat Barbie.
1: Okay, first of all, not fat.
2: Curvy, I meant.
1: (laughs) Well, I I, I was actually excited until Chris pointed out the fact that the new proposed body types might just be to sell more dolls. But I actually liked it. I I loved the little promotional video that showed all the little girls playing with dolls that looked like them and looked like their friends. And I thought it was really heartwarming, so... Maybe I'm just a sap, but I liked it. Okay, no,
3: Carly, I'll tell you
2: what you are. You're the angel It's, it's,
3: Sarah.
1: it's okay. That doesn't make
2: her not a. That doesn't make her not a sap, though.
1: True. Well, and also, and, like I mentioned, I'm tall, so I thought that was kind of cool. But Barbies are already tall, so yeah. I never felt. Yeah, you are already represented, Carly. Again.
3: Enough, enough. Yeah, You're already
1: represented. See, for, for me, like I guess, like the whole thing, the whole story boils down to like body image and the idea that pop culture and Barbies and Disney princesses warp little girls' image of themselves and how they have to be quote unquote perfect and have these tiny little waists and big bus sizes and long legs and yada yada. And I just don't I've never really bought into that idea that society and culture is responsible for how we view ourselves individually. Like, is there a portion of that responsibility that lies with the media and um, you know, Barbie and pop culture, yeah, maybe there's a small portion. But I think a lot of that actually goes back to parents who don't, like, say, it's okay if you don't look like this. Yeah. It's okay if you don't, like, fit into this prescribed role. And, right. I mean, I was totally – I was, a, oh, like, a picture-perfect case of this. I had horrible body image growing up. And I was the kid with the thick-rimmed glasses with the thick – um the the thick glass in them because I can't see without them. I'm blind. Practically. I always had the braces. I was always a little bit more of a tomboy. And so, you know, my body image didn't have so much to do with what culture was telling me, but what like people in my very small town, like, Oh, you're Sarah, the nerdy kid who doesn't really like makeup and all this other stuff. And so and you know, my, my parents helped me a lot with that to like realize that it's okay to be different. It's okay to not be like everybody else. So I feel like when you have somebody – I was reading, just kind of as a segue, I was reading another story that Caitlin Blackhurst posted today on The Blaze, yeah, yeah. and it was about this father in Colorado who is outraged at the school that his daughter goes to, his seventh-grade daughter, because she got into this fight that was recorded – on a cell phone camera and it was this horrible fight where she gets pummeled i mean she gets her butt beat by this other girl and in the story it it turns out that his daughter and the other girl conspired to go to a location in the school where no teachers were to have this fight (laughs) so but at no time in that story does he say my daughter is at fault it's the school's fault for letting the fight happen for not having a teacher around to supervise them And so it's like at what point do you as a parent say it's my responsibility to make sure that what my child sees, what my child does and kind of the media that they're consuming and the images that they're they're seeing and the things that they're playing with, at what point do you take that accountability and responsibility for yourself?
2: Yeah. Carly?
1: Well, my parents never actually told me that I had to look like the Barbies I was playing with. I think they're just it was just a normal part of childhood for me and um, it might just be because I'm a girly girl, but I had no interest in playing with other I'm, toys. I'm sorry, Carly. And I, um,
2: Carly, just 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 one moment. <clears throat> Revet, are you having lunch while we're having this phone call?
1: I was drinking water. I'm <laughs> pregnant. I need to hydrate. Out what of go. a straw. It, out of a straw. It
2: sounded like she was having a milkshake.
1: <laughs> I'm not having I milk could hear food. it. Evil.
2: Right guys, honestly, okay, sorry yeah. let's let Carly let's let Carly finish, and then we're done, okay, yes,
1: <laughs> you're gonna let me finish, yes, um well, I just think that I little girls don't really read into that too much, and hmm. uh Sarah's absolutely right. it is up to parents to enforce positive body image and and values and just not to be vain in general, yeah. but I just yeah, I mean i I never had a problem with it.
2: Yeah, I and, and you know I think that I think that there is a bigger problem with um, the way that girls see men that they respect and love, especially their dads or maybe their 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 brothers or uncles or or grandfathers, the way that those men either act toward the women in their life or women oh, yeah. that they see on TV or magazines that they're like, if 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 my daughter sees me looking at. And, I get Sports Illustrated, but the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue I skip every year, mm-hmm. for for a whole lot of reasons. One, for myself, it's not it's not healthy. But the other is I don't want my kid look at, my kids. I have two daughters. I don't want them seeing me looking at right. that. Right, and right. I think and that that promotes a or worse thing. body image issue than than actual like the Barbies that they play with.
1: Yeah, and I yeah. grew up in a household with all men besides you know me and my mom, and I think that that was huge for me just seeing positive uh, male influences and just men who've treated women well and that carries so much more weight than a doll. Right, right. All right.
3: All right, I'm I'm done with yeah. this conversation. And we got
2: to get Billy and I have another phone call to be a, to take. So thanks for coming okay. on ladies.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. Next
2: time <laughs> next time we do this if you if you'll if you'll let us we'll have to be you'll have to work on Carly you'll have to work on being um I mean Sarah you got to work on being meaner.
1: Oh, it really depends on the hormones, which I can't control. Okay. So Please, you been, you've nasty, been, nasty, you've, nasty you've been,
3: Sarah, Sarah, Sarah I love you. You've had that potential far before pregnancy. So. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Okay. It's been real. I
1: just, have, I just have one more thing to say. Okay. To everyone listening, Chris Field and Billy Hollow are the worst people ever.
3: Oops, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> what, what,
1: what, what happened?
2: <laughs> Got oh, disconnected. You seem to have
3: had a disconnection.
2: Carly, thanks for coming on. Oh, she's gone too. Okay. (laughs) You got both of them. I thought I heard her laughing. She did briefly laugh until she hung hung up on her. Okay. We got to get out of here. Anything else you need to tell the people?
3: Read your Bible. play with your
2: Barbies. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.